uh, was a few years back now when I came alive to God calling me into ministry. There was, there, was an, there was a particular piece of advice I was given at that time. And um, I found that advice um, annoying. I found it annoying. Um, I found it really annoying. But of recent, it turns out like it could actually be good advice. So this was, the, but maybe not in the way that, not in the way that it was intended. So it was still annoying, to be fair. Um, this was the advice. So there was picture it in your mind. It was a Sunday, um, and I had shared this sense of a calling with my church family at the time. At the time, don't get jealous. At the time, and as I shared it with them afterwards, uh, the, the service is over. I'm stood at the back of the church. And, you know, different people pass through, and they give you some words of encouragement, and they give you a sense of, it's, yeah, it will be fine. What took you so long? Blah, blah, blah. And then this guy, he walks up to me, and he says to me, he says, Andy, I'm going to send you something that I use when I'm about to make big decisions. I'm going to send it, and it's going to really help you out. And he said, this is what I do when I'm about to make a big decision. He said, I pull out a pros and a cons list. And I write all the reasons why I should not do it on the con side. And I write all the reasons why I should do it on the pro side. And then I weigh it up. And that helps me make a decision. Now, you know the one where when someone is saying something to you, externally, you're smiling and you're nodding like, yeah, yeah, that sounds, that sounds legit, yeah, but inside you're thinking, what on earth are you talking about? You know that one? And that's kind of how I felt because I said, seriously, there are a million reasons why I should not go into ministry. A million and one. There's a whole long list of cons why I shouldn't go into ministry. But there is just one reason why I should, because God said, go into ministry. And it's like that one reason trumps everything on the other side. So it's like, this is not helpful at all, mister. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I smiled and I nodded. Um, but that's, I was raging inside. And I, I'm sure afterwards I went to M and I was like, M, can you imagine what he said? But recently, recently, the Spirit has brought back that piece of advice in a new way. Because I don't know about you, but, but sometimes I look at the world and I despair. And my heart just goes. And I just feel like, you know what, Jesus, you can come and wrap it up now. It's fine. Nobody, nobody's enjoying this anymore. You know, I look at the world and I think, I see the, the way we treat each other. I see the struggles and the sufferings that people are going through. I see the mountains that don't seem to want to move and all within me sometimes when I look at the world, when I look at life, when I look at what people are dealing with just feels a great sense of despair. When I look at my own mountains, I just feel like 
<sighs> you know that one. But then the Spirit said, he said, you don't remember that advice you were given? He said, there is one thing that is on the positive side of that conversation. And that is, God is with you. And he said, that one thing trumps everything on the other side. He said, that one reason to have hope that God is with you trumps all the long list of reasons to despair. That God is with us. Because God's journey with us is not, his presence with us is not an empty one. It's not a passive one. It's not a distant one. God is doing life with us. Doing life with us. One of the things that the Spirit said to me at one point was this. There is no this that you will ever face alone. There is nothing in our journey where we are doing it by ourselves. In everything, God is journeying with us. It's interesting that in the scriptures, when God encourages his people not to be afraid, not to be discouraged, not to despair, his reasons are never, oh, don't be afraid because you're strong enough. Or don't be afraid because you're intelligent enough. Or don't be afraid because you've got the right people around you. Or don't be afraid because you know what you're doing. Those were never his reasons. He was always, don't be afraid. I am with you. You are not going to do this alone. And so a while back, I stopped praying the prayer to say, oh God, be with me today or be with me in this. Because if God has said that truth, I will be with you, then God will honor that truth. And so the prayer became, Lord, help me come alive to your presence. Because one of the things God says about his people, he says, my people don't recognize my care for them. My people don't recognize where I'm caring for them. And so my prayer was, Lord, help me come alive to your presence. It was something Jesus repeated when he said, uh, the people, they cannot discern, they cannot see or hear or understand where I am. And so they cannot lean into me for healing. And so the prayer is always, God, help us to come alive to where you are so that we can lean into those spaces and be healed. I love this quote from Nikos something. Um, and he says these words. He says, God changes appearances every second. Blessed is the man who can recognize him in all his disguises. One moment, he's a glass of fresh water. The next, 
your son bouncing on your knees, or perhaps merely a morning walk. That God is present in different spaces doing life with us. But can we see him? There's a be- it's a beautiful thread throughout Scripture in the Old Testament and in the new post-resurrection of the presence of Jesus and the presence of God in different spaces showing up, journeying with people, and some are able to recognize his presence and some are unable to recognize it. And the question for us is this, God journeys, he is with us. He goes through that walk, that struggle, that pain. He's there. But can we see him? Can we recognize him? It is my prayer that he will stir up in our hearts through his Holy Spirit so that we can always see him. Because I used to, and I say I used to, I probably will do this again sometime in the future. But I really used to struggle with that sense where Jesus says, you know, it is better for you that I go. Because if I do not go, the Spirit will not come to you. I used to wrestle with that a lot. I used to be like, Jesus, in what dimension is it better for you not to be physically here? In what dimension? I'm like, Jesus, please, you know. I'll take you physically. You know, there's some times when I just want to be sat at the branch and just turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, what, what should we preach on tomorrow? Or preach on that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, it'll be so easy. And sometimes in, in the struggle and in the pain, wouldn't it be just nice to just turn and be able to physically see Jesus there? And if Jesus was in the room right now, wouldn't you all say, Andy, can you shut up and sit down and let Jesus do the sermon, please? <laughs> it's like, well, don't say yes that quickly, but, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a sense, and I'm like, Jesus, in what dimension is it better for you not to be physically present? And then as I was reflecting, The Spirit opened my eyes to a new thing. I remember the conversation that someone had with a loved one. And she said to her, she said, she talked about the the day that she split up with her partner. And she said, the day that I split up with my partner, in the room I was surrounded by family. But I've never felt so alone. said, I was surrounded by family, but I've never felt so alone. And she went on to say that because ultimately, in the end, it is what is going on inside here. And this is the truth that the biggest battles that we will fight, the biggest battles that we will face are the ones that go on in here are the ones that go on in here. Both for those who are young, see some of our jobs looking a bit bored in the room, and both for us who are not so young, the biggest battles that we will fight happen here. 
the anxiety, the fear, the loneliness, the worry. Am I good enough? Will they like me? Will I get to where I need to go? Will I be alone? All the questions here. Those are the biggest battles. So it's interesting that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. He says to his disciples, to us, he says, you know him for he lives with you and one day will be in you. The powerful truth that Jesus comes to dwell in the space of our greatest battles and struggles and darkness. That Jesus comes to dwell in here. That Jesus comes to dwell in here. Not just with us, but right there where the biggest fight takes place. That is where Jesus goes to dwell. And perhaps this is the essence and the heart of the message of Christmas. That our God comes to dwell in the manger of our lives. That God comes to dwell right there in the darkest spaces, in the messiest spaces, in the loneliest spaces, in the spaces that we don't want anybody else to know exists in our lives, that this is where Jesus comes to dwell with us. This is where he comes to sit with us. And the assurance that he will never leave us. You know, we can go through particular journeys in our lives and there are friends that will stand by us sometimes and other times will be away. And you could journey in a particular space and there are some times that, that church will love you and there are some times that church will desert you. There are some times that work will embrace you and there are some times that work will not so much. There are some times that even family will leave you. But Jesus comes to dwell with us where we need him the most. It is Paul's words to do in Romans when he says that for his spirit joins with our spirit to testify that we are God's children. So in this vessel here, it is not just the spirit of N.D. that dwells. The spirit of Jesus dwells as well. It's not just the spirit of Fran or Rosie or Martin. It's not just the spirit of John or Karen. It's not just the spirit of us. God in Christ dwells here as well. There is no this that you face alone. And that's why he says to us, 
Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I am here. You know, there are some times when the boys were much younger. And I would be in the room with them trying to put them to sleep. And the, the lights would be off, so it would be really dark. And at moments, they would suddenly come alert after dozing off for a little bit. And you thought, yay, I can go. But then they'll wake up again. <sighs> I forgive you, Asha. But there were moments when they would wake up and it would be all so dark. And they would panic. And in that moment, I would put my hand on them and say, it's okay, I'm here. It's okay, I'm here. And that is what God says to us in Christ. There are moments when we open our eyes and look at the journey that we're facing and we want to despair. But in Christ Jesus, he's saying to us, he's saying to you today, in whatever journey it is, it's okay. I am here. Do not be afraid. It is my earnest prayer for us that the Holy Spirit will help us to recognize those moments when God puts his hand on us to encourage us to be strong so that we can lean into those spaces. One of the greatest truths I've heard was this. It says, when it says, seek the Lord, it's not because God is playing hide and seek. God has gone and hidden somewhere and we have to go and look. Oh, where's God? Is he, is he under the bed? Is he, is he under the table? It's not that. He says, to seek the Lord is to go to the spaces where he has said he can be found. To seek the Lord is to go to the spaces where he has said he can be found. If there are spaces that you dwell in, that helps you come alive to the presence of Jesus, stay in those spaces, with those people, with those conversations, with those songs, with those scriptures. Dwell there. That is where healing lies. And so today, I left, I, I leave you with a present. I'm always giving you presents. Um, not expensive ones, fair enough, but it's a pro and cons list. It's a pro and cons list. And it's that one thing there. God is with you. Keep it somewhere and look at it. And when the enemy starts to tempt you to despair, I'll give it to my lovely assistant, Lorna, to distribute. You're never off the clock, Lorna. <laughs> When the enemy begins to tempt us to despair, remember that the one reason to have hope trumps every reason 
to despair. God is with you. It will be okay. Amen. Amen. If I, Chris, um, Jeff.